Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our voice and saying, God, you are worthy of all of my, come on, I got four services, y'all got to help me. You are worthy of all of my praise. You are worthy of my shout. You are worthy of my song. Now, I know some of us, they said it's the quiet service. I don't believe that. I believe this service is going to be the loudest, most, come on, help me on the mic real loud, brother, real loud on the game. I believe this is going to be, there we go, real loud, the loudest service because listen something happens when you praise now I know some of you listening like brother is there a reason why you're always shouting and screaming well part of it is I'm half Hispanic half Italian but the other part of it is there's a fire that's on the inside of me I want to be calm I want to be casual come on real come on sound booth y'all got to help me but there is a fire on the inside of me and I want to give you permission this morning maybe you say well I'm not used to shouting or screaming or praising or this or that. There's a couple things you can say while I preach. You could say, come on. You could say, good word. You could say, amen. I know some of you, it's crazy for you, but I want to give you liberty. Come on, y'all are going to have to help me back there. Just crank the gain up. I want to give you liberty to praise how you feel the need to praise. I really believe this morning for some of you that are just used to being in and out of the church, that God is going to light a new fire in you. He's going to light a new passion in you. He's going to light a new excitement on the inside of you. I don't want to be a dead Christian. I don't want to be a calm, complacent Christian. I want the fire and the anointing and the power of Almighty God alive on the inside of me. We don't serve a dead God. We serve a God that is alive. We serve a God that is on the throne and something happens when you praise. See, when we're worshiping, when we're praising, and when we're shouting, something is happening in the unseen realm, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, that there is an unseen realm that Paul says our focus needs to be on, because the unseen realm is more real than the natural realm. So sometimes we come to the house of the Lord, and we don't understand there's a battle going on. There's a war going on. There is something taking place. And as I'm praising and worshiping, I'm launching nuclear warheads in the invisible realm. As I'm praising and worshiping, something is happening in the invisible realm. My marriage is being restored as I praise. My children, oh, come on, help me preach. Y'all got to help me this morning. My children are being changed as I praise. People at my job are being changed as I praise. My body is being healed as I praise. Paul broke out of prison with one praise. What could our praise do? What could our shout do if we got serious about God? Let me say this. 
There's not one person in this room that is too passionate for God. There's not one person in this room that's too radical for God. There's not one person in this room. I know you look around. I don't know why it doesn't take all that friend. It doesn't. But I want all that God has. I'm going all in. I'm telling you right now, I did not say yes to God 10 years ago as an atheist so that I can warm a chair on Sunday morning. But I've been drafted in the army of God. See, Paul said, Timothy, you are a soldier. And a soldier doesn't get entangled with the affairs of civilian life. Friend, you have been drafted and mandated in these last days. I don't have to preach an hour message about the last days to convince you that we are living in the last days. That this is not the hour to be asleep. This is not the time to play church. This is not the moment to go through the motions. This is the hour for the people of God to rise up out of apathy, to rise up out of complacency, to get delivered from the Sunday morning status quo and say, God, I'm laying it all down today. You're not here by accident. Come on, brother, real loud on the game. You're not here by accident. You're not here because somebody invited you on Sunday morning or maybe you're here. It's the first one. Got to get it. Got to get God done with. Got to get in there. Get God done with. Check him off my list so I can live the rest of the day. I can live for myself. I can do what I want to do. I can go watch my sports. Shout at my football game. Shout at the baseball game. Go crazy for the Raiders. Go crazy for the Niners. Go crazy for the San Francisco Giants, the Oakland A's, and then come to the house of God and just get God done with. Friend, I believe the days of coming in and coming out are over. I believe the days of, come on, one person, thank you. I believe the days, I got to do four of this four times. Y'all got to help me. I believe the days of coming in and coming out are over. I believe that God has his eye on you today. That God is waking you up today. That God is anointing you. I'm going to prophesy over someone that's dead. God is anointing you today. God is releasing gifts of the Holy Spirit on you today. God is mandating you today day. God is pouring out his power. Come on. Something is waking up on the inside of you. Something is coming alive on the inside of you. Somebody is going to wake up in God and say, God, this is what I've been waiting for. Been coming Sunday after Sunday. And I want something real. I want the power of God. Friend, when when do we get to a place where we've, we've substituted the presence of God with the good service? How in America have we gotten to a place where the majority of churches on Sunday morning, the presence of God is not there? Friend, I've preached in over 500 churches in the United States. And I'm telling you, the church is sleeping in the greatest hour of human history. Throw out your preferences. I don't like how he brings breathes real deep when he preaches. Friend, I don't like the car. I don't like the sound. It's too loud and it's not my style. And doesn't he, why doesn't he know he doesn't have to walk back and forth? He could just stand right there. He doesn't have to do all that. And why is he all close to me baptizing me in spit on the front row? Friend, I get it. I totally get it. But if we want revival, we got to throw our preferences away. If we want revival, we got to stop being petty. If we want revival, we need to do something different. We need to change what we've been doing. We need to break out of what we've been doing. Some of you are like, why are you trying to break my norm? Because your norm isn't working. Come on, help me strong today, Holy Ghost. It's not working. 
The going once a week, in and out, never seeing miracles in your life, never seeing demons cast out, being detached. Let me tell you why we've lost our appetite for the word of God. And this is not in notes. This is the Holy Spirit, please. Paul said in 2 Thessalonians, he said, I thank God for you. He's talking to the church in Thessalonica. He said, because when I came to you, you took it as if it was the very word of God. He said, which indeed it was the very word of God. And you actually responded and it worked. So Paul said, when we're preaching, when Pastor James, by the way, this is my church, I'm preaching bold because this this is my church come on help me this is my church i travel all these other churches and i gotta kind of just preach i'm at my church i'm gonna be how i am i'm not gonna be someone i'm not if you don't like it next week somebody else will be preaching praise the lord but as pastor james is preaching to me every sunday and i'm sitting there receiving the word i'm listening to pastor james as if god himself listen to what i'm about to say as if god himself was speaking i'm not going like oh well, I guess if that's what Shane thinks I guess if that's what Roy or Jaden thinks or Pastor Daniel or James thinks. I mean I guess if Pastor James I'm not really into that every word that comes out of this pulpit every man of God that is anointed of God that takes the pulpit I'm receiving the word as if it was the very words out of God's mouth I'm not negotiating oh I'm not really into that radical stuff I'm going no God you're speaking to me today God you're shouting at me today and if you didn't know Jesus does shout where's my Hispanics at in the house man I was at your Thanksgiving y'all were shouting throwing chocolates across the room now y'all want to get quiet in the house of God Jesus wasn't quiet the Bible says he shouted Lazarus come forth well, you want to know why I'm shouting? Friend, I'm tired. I barely slept. All my kids are sick. Woke up every 30 minutes. I'm not shouting because I get paid to because I want to. I'm shouting because I see a dead Christian church in America. And I'm trying to wake up the American church. I'm trying to do everything I can to get us back to the church that Jesus designed. The church where it was normal to do signs and wonders. Normal. Let me ask you this. I'm in. I'm, I'm trying to preach this message I have. It is what it is, okay? You don't even know the message, so I shouldn't even apologize because you don't even know if I'm going to preach it or not because you don't know what it is. But I'm going like, is it normal now in America to be like Jesus or to be like the world? What did, what was the lifestyle? What were the things that you, people say, oh, why are you always into that Holy Ghost miracles? And they were religious people. That's my religious voice. If you ever hear me do that voice, that's the voice of religious people. Okay. Like, why are you all into the miracle signs and wonders and radicalness? And I'm like, you, you, what do you mean? I'm into Jesus. I'm, I know I'm crazy. I know I can see the way you're looking at me. I actually have this crazy idea that when Jesus said to follow me and to be like me and in John 14, you'll do greater things. I have this crazy. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thing where I believe John 10, where Jesus said, if you don't believe me, believe the signs, wonders, and miracles that follow me. And I have this other, I have this crazy idea that God is calling every single believer to live the way that he lived on the earth. I have this crazy thing that I read the Bible and I, I believe it. 
Come on, brother, give me a high five. I, I read, I'm like, that's real. And pastors have such a good way of changing what the Bible says. So we get up there and we try to do Greek and Hebrew, even though we don't even listen to the Bible in English. And we're like, this means this. I've gone in, I've gone in churches and preached my heart out. I do every time. I'm soaking wet. I will have no voice tomorrow. I will have zero voice for the next two, three days. Just trust me on this, okay? Every service, it uh, doesn't matter how loud they put it, how quiet I, it doesn't matter how loud you are. You could be silent. I'll preach a whole right through you, okay? I'm going to keep preaching because it's not about you. It's about the Holy Spirit in me and the Holy Spirit speaking to you. But you have to understand we change the word of God and so I preach messages where I'm like God is asking for everything like I'm talking he wants your life he wants your eyes your ears your nose your mouth Romans 12 your body I mean God is wanting everything he's jealous he doesn't want to share you he wasn't share you with mammon he won't share you with your job he won't even share you with your wife he won't share you with your kids we serve an all-consuming fire a jealous God and he's looking for you to give everything what does it mean it means everything every part of you every moment every day friend it's the last thing I think about before bed. It's the first thing. I am obsessed with Christ. I am obsessed with the presence of God. I have nothing else to live for. Paul said, my life is of no value. It's absolutely worthless outside of the call of God. Friend, your life is meaningless outside of the call that God is good preaching today. Outside the call that God has put on your life. But we take the word of God and we're like, um, that's not going to work for 2021. You know, because we got a church that's real comfortable, real complacent. I know you're uncomfortable. You're making me uncomfortable. And we're just kind of like, you know, we don't really want to get up in anyone's mess. And don't get like, don't get too close to the people. And, kind of, you know, don't get up in their face. And don't. And that's why I take my glasses off because I can't see you. You're all blurry to me. So I could get right up on you. I don't even know who you are, what color you are, what race. It doesn't matter. I could just preach how I want to preach. But see, we've made this kind of nice church. And so we're like, okay, well, you know, like deliverance. I mean, casting out demons. God forbid we do that. That's like way there's no chance we're doing that in church and miracles well you know it's like what if the person doesn't get healed and what if it's a child and what if like they die the next week and the church sees that so we'll just pray for them from a distance for like three minutes at an altar sometime and you know baptism like god forbid we put a baptismal in the actual church and god forbid we did baptisms more than like once every six months and so we kind of we've taken out all the supernatural like all the fun stuff and so i'm looking at the church and this has been 11 years of full-time traveling and I'm looking at the church and I'm like we've taken out all the fun stuff we've taken out all the good stuff we've taken out all the stuff that actually changes people's lives we've removed the Holy Spirit and we've actually changed the Bible and now we're like Jesus didn't really mean everything I remember one time I was preaching in the Bay Area and I, I preached my heart out I didn't even want to be there the service was an hour and a half late they were rude they didn't even greet me when I walked in I didn't even know. I was like, am I even the preacher? I mean, I literally was like, didn't know what was going on. The service literally started an hour and a half late. And I was just like, Lord, I don't know why I'm here, but you got me on the backside of the desert and I'm here for a reason. And so it was all young people. So back then, you know, you had to do your time preaching to youth and then the church would be like, oh, you could actually preach good. And then they would invite you to the main service. And so I'm preaching to the youth and it was, it ended up being packed out with young people and God moved. He always does. Every time I'm like, I don't want to be there. I'm tired. I don't feel good. God always moves in our weakness. He's stronger. The weaker we get. I wasn't feeling good yesterday, last night, today, and then driving here. I've been nauseous all morning, and I'm like, I know this is going to be amazing because every time I don't feel it, God shows up. You got to remember, the weaker that you get, the stronger that he gets. And for some of us, we're too strong for God to use us. 
Who do you think you are, young preacher? I've been in church for 40 years. That's the problem. Oh, that's a whole nother sermon. That's the problem. You've been for 40 years and there's no fruit in your life. Where's that in the Bible? The writer of Hebrews. He said, you know what your problem is? You've been believers for so long. He said, your issue is you've been a believer for too long. And he said, by now, you ought to be teaching other people the things that you've learned. He said, but instead, you still need someone to come up here and preach the basic things of Christ. Then just tell me about my best life now. Just tell me about how I could be blessed. And he goes, you should be at a place where you're teaching people. Not a teacher in the church, but actually out there teaching others about Jesus. Man, this is basic, simple gospel. Jesus. And so I preached, I preached. I said, God wants everything. Video games, music. Now y'all are going to stay quiet. It was TV. Delete your Netflix. Delete. I mean, I was going at it. I was like, I was making the pastor sweat. I'm like, movies. What have you been watching? Let me check your iPhone. I was going at it hard. And guess what? God fell on that place because repentance still works. Oh, come on. Help me. Holy ghost. Repentance still works. And they were at that altar packed out with young people. Your kids that are rebellious. They don't want pizza parties and beach balls. They want the power of God. And they were at that altar. And then after, the youth pastor, God bless his heart, got up there and all right, after like God was moving. And I was like, man, this is revival. It's like, you know, I know a lot of you gave stuff up to God. And this is what we do in the church. We try to like make it nice. And I know a lot of you are radical, but you know, Isaiah, and he has to re-preach my message. Isaiah didn't really mean give everything. Isaiah didn't really, you know, that was his testimony. That is not, friend, listen, my testimony is not, I was an atheist, the audible voice of God spoke to me and I gave everything. The testimony of the gospel is there were atheists, there were unbelievers, they were tax collectors, they were fish that did not believe and Jesus walked right up to their tax collector booth and said I want everything if you want to follow me you have to lay everything down this is not my story this is the story of the gospel this is the gospel but if any man wants to come after me he has to die surrender lay everything down which means you can't offend me do you get offended when people talk about it you can't offend me I died Friend, I died January 12, 2011, and I am unoffendable. You can't make fun of me. You can't curse me out. I've been cursed out. I've been called crazy. I've had videos made about me because I believe in God and miracles and deliverance and all that stuff. And friend, it doesn't even, I don't even lose a wink of sleep over it. I don't blink over it. Why? Because it is no, oh, come on, help me. Come on, real loud sound people. Come on, you can do it. It is no longer I that live, but it is now Christ living on the inside of me. See, God is trying to kill you and we're trying to build you up. Like, you're going to have a better life. You're going to have a great thing. I know it's like Christmas. They shouldn't have invited me during December. I'm like, I'm wrecking all the Christmas messages. We're going to be better and we're going to be good and thank God for this and thank God. And God's like, you're just trying to enhance your nice little white picket fence, three kids, yellow lab, house, car, American dream, personality, Jesus in the box. And I'm trying to actually kill you so that you would be such a place where you are so obsessed with the friends of God that every time somebody sees you, they couldn't help but see Christ in you. They couldn't help but see the 
presence of God. They couldn't help. This is all about, and by the way, I'll have a different message next service. This is all about being like the person of Jesus Christ. Christianity is an invitation to die with Christ. And then once you die and you're nothing, you are resurrected in the power of the Holy Spirit. And now you do the works that Jesus did. And then here's the kicker. Let me get another high five. I love you, bro. I need you. Stay around every service. He makes up for all of you that are staring at me angry. Listen, no longer I. The power of God. You die, right? So you're dead. Like, Isaiah doesn't exist. I had all my old friends meeting with me after I got saved. And they were like, we don't really like you anymore. I'm like, yeah. That's because you fell in love with the perverted, angry, bitter, racist, depressed, addicted Isaiah. And that Isaiah came to an altar in Modesto, California and died. My funeral was the night I got saved. And I've been born again. I've been resurrected in Christ. And now you shouldn't recognize me. Your friends should call you mad. Like, dude, you used to be fun. What happened to you? You used to be fun. Used to party with us. Used to drink with us. Used to smoke with. They don't say that because you're still with them. They don't think. They don't see. They don't see any different in us besides the fact that for an hour on Sunday morning, if we're lucky, we show up to a church service and sing to a God we don't talk to all week and pray to a God that we don't know and act like we're Christians when we're really not. When Jesus said, "You see how I did that? I was real nice, and then I led up to that." Jesus said, "If you are my disciple, you need to obey my commandments." I'm. I'm inviting you. Here's what Jesus says. I'm inviting you into a life lifestyle, not a Sunday morning experience. I'm inviting you into a lifestyle where you can live like me because here's what happens on Judgment Day. You don't get judged whether you went to church on Sunday. Oh, come on. Help me, Holy Ghost. My wife said, be nice. I'm trying. Listen, you're going to stand before God and say, I went to church on Sunday and he's going to say, so did the devil. Oh, lots of demons go to church. If you didn't know that, lots of people with demons are in Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Church. I knew the Bible. So did the devil. I trembled. The, de- the demons tremble, the Bible says. I believed in. Because the pastor told me, all I have to do is just believe. And again, I won't rail on the sinner's prayer because I do that enough. All I have to do is believe in my heart and confess with my mouth and I'll be saved. And God says the demons believe. The Bible says even the demons tremble. Even the demons believe. Which means there's another level than just believing. And when Paul said that in the book of Romans, that if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, he's writing to Christians that are being murdered. There we go. Look at 
that. They got it real loud there. That are being murdered for their faith. And they're trying to get them to confess Caesar. And Paul says, when they come up to you and tell you to say Caesar is Lord, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, guess what they're going to do? Kill you. But you're going to be saved because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He wasn't saying pray a prayer. He was saying confession happens on the salvation when your your talk changes. How do I know I've been redeemed, born again, and changed? What is my talk like? What do I talk about at home? What is our talk like? And the we I'm convicted, y'all. I'm convicted myself. I'm sweating. What am I talking about all week long? Is it about my new business? Is it about my hobby? Is it about my team? Some of you are like, oh, this guy, number 43 on my fantasy football team and number 23 and Jacob's number 30. I'm like, bro, you don't even know who Habakkuk is. You don't know who Ezekiel is. You don't know who Jeremiah is. You can't name the 12 disciples. And you know every running back. You know every quarterback. You know every tight end. I'm like, you know all the names of the team. You don't know your kids' names. I struggle sometimes remember what kid I'm talking to and you know all the teams but then what about God what do you know about God what has he said to you this week I I can't listen friend I'm coming with no organized I'm broken I'm hurting I need God I'm desperate I'm contrite God is breaking us down because he wants us to be alive in him he wants us to be so desperate he wants us Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount blessed are the poor in spirit what was he saying he's saying I'm looking for beggars do you know what a beggar meant in that day it meant that if you don't get a handout you die and he said I'm looking for people that would be so desperate for a handout for me would be so desperate for my power would be so desperate for my word would she be so hungry and just so I don't care I don't care what anybody thinks I'm so hungry for the Lord I'm famished I have an unquenchable desire for God that it's like God if you don't show up I die I got up at five o'clock, which is God's not up at five a.m. If you wake up at five a.m., we're gonna pray for you. If that's, I know some people like I'm up at four a.m. I'm like even the Lord's sleeping at four a.m. Okay, I got up at five a.m. and I was like dark outside. God up, start ironing my clothes and doing all my stuff, and I'm like, God, if you don't show up. I can't preach. I don't have a back. I have 1500 notes on my phone. I don't have a backup plan. I don't have a plan B outside the presence of God. I can't be a husband. I can't be a father. I can't work. I can't. I have no ideas. I have no. You preach so good. I, I, I preach terrible. You should hear me try to preach outside the anointing. I used to do announcements at our church like once every five years and I couldn't even get a, I can't even put a sentence together because it's not me. It's Christ speaking out of me. It's the power and it's the presence of God. And God is saying, I want that for every one of you. I want you. Listen, if you take anything away this morning, take away where it's like, God, I need to be desperate for the Lord. I need to be clingy. I mean to be like where, like that clingy ex-girlfriend you had. Like, where are you going? Who are you texting? It's like, dude, it's my brother. Relax. It's just clingy, it's needy. God says, I want you to be like that with me. I want you to cling. The Bible says, cling on to your most holy faith. You got to hang on, friend. Have you watched the news? The storms of life may blow, but the Bible says that he is our anchor in the storm, that he is our shelter in the storm. So what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? 
Very, 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 very simple. Three main ministries Jesus did on the earth. We're talking about Jesus this morning. And my message is about Jesus, which we'll go into the next few services if you want to stay. But this is what Jesus did. And there's going to be plenty of people. I'm not trying to make you stay. I'm just letting you know, like, I got, I got plenty in the tank still. But here's what Jesus did. Jesus preached the gospel. Okay. Do we do that? I don't know. You don't? I don't know if I do. I mean, I know my calling, but do you preach the gospel? And then on a stage, you're like, I'm just waiting one day Pastor James is going to recognize my gift and he's going to ask me to preach. No, he's not. He's not. Because we want to see you preach outside the church before you preach inside. How are you going to tell me how to minister to people if you don't minister to people outside the church? How are you going to get up there and try to teach me how to cast out the devil if you don't even know how to cast out a devil? See, we all want it. We all want to be preachers and on the stage, but we don't want to actually do it outside the stage. Your pulpit is not a stage. It's not a church. Jesus sent the disciples, gave all of them a pulpit, and said, go out and preach the gospel. And here's what the Bible says. And everywhere they went, they preached the gospel. Where does everywhere mean in the Greek? It means everywhere they went, they preached. It doesn't mean we change it and say, oh, you just preach here everywhere they went their sphere of influence heard the gospel through their mouth now you may preach the gospel and they don't want to hear it all good at least i did it my job is not to make the seed grow my job is to throw the seed and it's god that brings the increase now some plant the bible says and some water so you might plant a seed and then two years later your co-worker calls and says man i know i hated you at the time but you don't understand that everything you said it kept me up at night and two years later somebody came along and said the same thing that you said see you planted the seed but somebody else watered and then God the Bible says he brings the increase so it's not always instant but your job is to scatter seed now I'm getting real bold because this is my home church. I've been here for like I don't know four or five months, so I could be I could be a little bit bolder here because you're stuck with me. I'm not going anywhere, so you don't have a choice. Okay, I'll just wait till. Here's the thing. Your job is not to make the seed grow. Your job is to scatter the seed. If you're not, and I'm bold by saying this, but it's okay. The Holy Ghost gives us boldness according to the book of Acts. If you're not scattering seed, you're not doing your job as a Christian. You're not. I wish somebody would tell you that. I wish somebody would have told me that when I was babysat my whole life going to church. If I don't tell you that, I'm a babysitter, not a pastor. Because my job is not to entertain you, Ephesians 4.11. My job as an evangelist, prophet, apostle, whatever you call me, just don't call me late for dinner. Whatever my job description title is, my job is to call you higher and to train you to do the work of the ministry. It's not my job to do the work of the ministry. It's my job to train the saints for the work of the ministry. And so if I, if I tell you that you're getting an A when you're really getting an F... You're going to get to your final and you're going to fail. I thank God that I had some teachers that said, Isaiah, if you don't shape up in this subject, you're not going to pass. Imagine if you're in college and your teacher's giving you A's on every single test, every single test, every single, you don't get A's, but they're just trying to be nice. Oh, I got a revelation right here. I'm going to have to post this later on Facebook. It's like, I just want to be nice to you. So I'm just going to give you straight A's. Just that's not being nice. Cause here's what's going to happen. I'm going to get to my final and I'm going to flunk flying F the final because I wasn't prepared because somebody was trying to be nice. And somebody was lying to me and saying I passed the test when I really didn't pass the test. And so because I thought I was passing, I thought I was doing good, I waited until the last minute to realize. And that is the picture of Christians on Judgment Day. Where you stand before God and God goes, you failed with flying colors. 
You never preached. You didn't look like me. You didn't act like me. You didn't talk like me. You didn't walk like me. You didn't heal the sick. You didn't cast their demons. You didn't baptize. You didn't make this. You actually, in fact, you didn't do anything. I'm impressed that you called yourself. Why were you a Christian? And you tell God, I went to church on Sunday. And God's like, I totally forgot about that. I didn't even think to think that I'm in. Okay. You know what? You're Pat friend. That's not going to get you in. He's going to say, okay, and this is even scarier. Those that cast out devils, those that heal the sick, those that preach. He says, you did all these things in my name, and I don't even know you. How could you be in the, doing these things for God? Now, some of you should be scared because you don't do any of those things, and you still think you know God. Friend, we should be, somebody has to fulfill that prophecy where he said you did all these things in the name of me, but have no relationship with me. It is not works that get you in. Can we all agree on that? It's works that prove you've been born again. Doesn't gain you salvation. It's not by works, it's by grace. Lest any man should boast. But now that I've received the gospel, there's a life change on the inside of me. And actually, the way that I do life changes. The decisions I make change. We can get the worship team up. The people that I hang around change. But if I'm not doing the things that Jesus said, I'm failing the test. And I would rather, friend, hear me today. I want to, I, I'm like everybody. I want people to like me, all that. I just can't afford it. Let me say it again, brother, because you like me. I want people to like me. I just can't afford it in light of eternity. I can't, Pastor James, I can't watch people in my life that think they're on the narrow road that are actually on the broad road. I can't watch people that think they're, and guys, I'm preaching this to you because God's telling me every single day, you're not where you need to be, Isaiah. Go higher, Isaiah. Go higher, Isaiah. There's more for you, Isaiah. Why would you want me to come and lower the bar for you so that you can be more complacent than you already are? Don't you want someone to say, go higher in God. There's more for you. This is Jesus. He's challenging the disciples everywhere. Think about this. Oh, man, I love this song, by the way. Think about this. The disciples get so far. They give everything for God. And Jesus goes, yeah, rich people, almost impossible for them to be saved. Yeah, a few people, he gives this parable, he goes, you gotta strive, he's telling the disciples, you gotta strive to enter the narrow gate because very few people are gonna get through the narrow gate. He goes, there's a broad door. Oh, the men, they're, they're flooding through the broad door. In the church, he's talking to disciples. I don't know if you all know that. They're flooding through the broad gate. He said, but there's a narrow gate. Few people will ever enter through that gate. And he starts talking about how hard it is to be a Christian. Like, thank you, Jesus. You're making it so much better on us. Jesus was not this positive, encouraging person like you think he was. Go read, go read the Bible. or just so detached from the Bible. And the disciples look at Jesus. Think about this. After giving everything up for God, after laying down their lives, after leaving wife and kids and jobs and careers and tax collectors and fishermen's nets, they've, they've given everything. It's been years. They've given everything. And they're listening to Jesus. They're sitting down and he's going, yeah, man, you got, man, it's hard for rich people. It's hard for poor people. You got to go through, man, the gate is narrow. The road is, the road is narrow. I mean, it's tiny and I don't even know, you know, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And the disciple is stopping going like, are we even saved? I had a pastor like, I don't know if I like to bring Isaiah out because every time he comes, none of us think we're saved. That's called the Jesus effect. That's how the disciples felt around Jesus. When I, when I read the Bible, I'm like, I don't think I'm saved because I'm not doing any of this stuff. 
That's the that's a good thing to feel. That's called conviction. And we've gone so long without it. We're like, what is that weird feeling? What is that tingling in my stomach? That's called conviction. Some of you like you haven't felt this in years. You're like, why do I feel so mad and so weird? It's called conviction. God is calling you to go to that next level. He's disciplining you and me. The disciples are like, what, who could be saved then? And Jesus goes, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. What was he saying? He was saying this. Come on, let's all stand to our feet. It's a good word, Isaiah. He was going like, I got to record this because I don't have this in any of that in my notes. So I'm like, I want to preach that again. He was going like, it's hard to be saved. It's hard. It's not easy. And if I tell you it's easy, you'll underestimate the price. And here's what the Bible says. This is Jesus. I'm giving you all Jesus today. He says, you'll go to build a tower. And because you underestimated the price, you won't finish the tower. And everybody's going to laugh at you because they're going to go, didn't you know how much it cost? Why does the world laugh at the church? Because we've underestimated the cost. You think the world respects us? They don't make fun of Muslims. They don't make fun of Buddhists. They don't make fun of Catholics even. The only people that are made fun of on television are Christians. Only ones. Why? Because we've undercounted the cost and we built a tower halfway and we've sent out an army that's not equipped and the world knows it and laughs at us and says, you guys aren't who you say you are. I thank God that God is waking us up in this house. I thank God that God is bringing revival. I thank God for ministers in this house that are preaching the unadulterated, unfiltered word of God. And I thank the Lord that today I'm finding this out instead of on judgment day. Because one day you're going to stand before God on judgment day and you're going to say, oh, I did all those things, Lord. I knew you. I had a real relationship. And you're going to say, thank God for this church where they actually told me the truth. And listen, I would rather you hate me now on earth and love me in heaven than love me now and hate me in hell. Did I say that right? I would rather you love me now, hate me now, and then one day get in heaven and go, oh, I love Isaiah for telling me the truth, than, be, than love me now and be like, I love you, bro. You're such a positive encourager. And then be burning in hell and saying, why didn't that preacher tell me the truth? Do you know right now there's billions of billions of people burning alive in the core of the earth? And do you know they're shaking their fist at preachers? They're shaking their fist at their pastors saying, why didn't you warn us of this place? Why didn't you tell us about the gospel of Jesus Christ, not the manipulated gospel of the American church? Why didn't you tell us there was more for us in God? This is what we're inviting you. And I know we have another service coming in in 13 minutes. I'm, I got two minutes on the clock. Praise the Lord. We're closing right here. This is your moment. This is your chance to say, Lord, I need you. I need you. I'm going. This was not my plan, by the way. I wasn't trying to do a salvation altar. Oh, we're doing one. I need you all. I need all of you, God. I'm hanging on to the hem of your robe. I have nothing without you because I believe God wants to send us into this season and this next season of this church and this house. I'm giving a prophetic voice, empty, broken, saying we don't know what to do. We have nothing to offer this world but the power of God. We have nothing to offer Stockton but the power of God. It is by his power that addiction is broken. It is by his power that chains are removed. It is by his power that the sick are healed. We need you. Come on, right now, let's begin to pray. Wherever you're at, begin to pray. Wherever you're at, begin to pray. Father, all we want is you. We just want to be where you are, God. I don't even know. I, I literally don't even know what altar call I'm making here. That's where I want to be. I don't want to know. I don't want to have it all together. God, change us today, God. Lord, break us out. I'm so tired of this box that I've been putting you in, Lord. Break me out, God. Change my marriage. Change my family. God, open up my eyes this morning. I refuse to leave this place the same.
Do the work, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, do the heavy lifting this morning. I just want to be where you are. I don't, I don't want to be anywhere. I, honestly, I don't care. Don't care about the job. Don't care about the house. Don't care about the car. Don't care about any of it all. And none of it matters. Give me Jesus. Friend, I'm telling you, someone's going to get delivered from stress and anxiety right now. Someone's going to get delivered from addiction. That prescription pills. Come on, five years you've had no pain and you're still taking the pills. We're going to break it in Jesus' name. God says, you know what you're going to rely on? Me. When are you going to start having withdrawals from God and not those pills? Come on, I want to withdraw when I'm out of the presence of God. I want to have Holy Ghost withdraws. Saying, God, I need your presence. God, I need your presence. God, I need you. I'm so longing. I'm so desperate. I don't ever want to forget that 19-year-old, January 12, 2011, that came as an atheist and left as a revivalist. I don't ever want to forget where I was when I met you. Come on, I believe right now in this moment, somebody needs to remember where they were when God found them. Remind us, God. Come on, just reflect right now. We're going to go like one or two minutes right here. Come on. Lord, remind us. Remind us, God, of where we were. We need you, God. We can't go on. This is for every pastor, every leader, everyone on stage. We're, this is for all of us. This is not a message for, oh, this is just for the lost people. We're all lost. We're all. Bible says we're all unrighteous. Our filthy rags are nothing. I mean, our righteousness is filthy rags to God. But God goes, I'm looking for, I'm not looking for perfection. I don't need you to be perfect. I need you to be willing. I need you to make room for me in your life this morning. All I want you to do is say, Lord, I'm making room in my life for you. Come on, right now, tell him, Lord, I'm making room. I'm not going to say, repeat after me. You're going to say in your own words. I'm making room in my job, in my school, in my marriage, in my kid, with my kids, wherever I'm at in life. Holy Spirit, I'm making room for you. I want to be a place for you. I want to be a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. I want the power of God alive in my life today. I need you, God. I need you, God. Holy Spirit, fill us right now. Holy Spirit, fill us right now. I'm going to have the prayer team come up. I know we have to clear the parking lot here. God's doing the work. There's some of you that absolutely, thank you, brother, absolutely need prayer. Absolutely need prayer. Some of you do. You're like, I came, I drove. I know some of you flew from LA. I know people that flew from Texas. People traveled in. Where You're like, I need prayer. I need miracle. I need deliverance. I need prayer. We're going to make that available. And then for those that don't, you can feel free to linger and praise for a little while. And then those of you that need to go, you can go. Because I know we have to turn the parking lot. So I want to be respectful as well. But I really feel God is doing something. Let this go home with you. Let this linger with you. Think about this on your way home. Talk about this in the car with your kids and your family. And go, hey, maybe we're failing. Man, what a great way to walk away from the church convicted, thinking like, maybe I'm not doing everything. Come on. It's encouraging. We're just going to sing this song, and, I'll, and you are officially dismissed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.